What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, and if you are looking for trustworthy Christian higher education that equips you to think biblically, reason truthfully, and share God's Word effectively, Texas Baptist College is the place to be. TBC focus is Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused. And the best way to experience TBC is to attend its Spring Preview Day on March 31st. You'll get to tour the campus, speak with faculty, chat with fellow students, and experience the unique campus community of Texas Baptist College during Spring Preview Day. Register today at texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash preview. Kyle, can I interest you in a Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministries or something like that? Are you interested in that? You, you know, um, that is that is very tempting. However, at this point in my life, I'm not sure that a second bachelor's is going to do me any good. But if you do know somebody that's 18, maybe about to wrap up high school, is wondering where to go, that would be a great place to go. But Kyle, looking at the calendar, how many times have you written 2022 this year? Uh, well, I don't know that I've written that at all, actually. Oh. Um, you know what? No, I take it back. I had to sign something, I did, and I and I wrote twenty three. So okay. I only have one opportunity, but I'm one for one. One for one. I'm proud of you. You. It's going to take a while for me. I, I'm I'm the expert at turning my two into a three at the moment. Uh, but Kyle, <laughs> it is two thousand and twenty three. It is a new year, and this is our first episode that is going live in the new yep. year. So happy new year to our listeners. And you might be thinking, you know what? New year. New me, new small group ministry. How about that? You like that? That's hey, there rhyme, you go. That's actually. it. That, that, that rhymed. Yeah. 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 I like it. It's cute. Well, maybe, maybe just maybe some of our listeners are thinking, you know what? This would be a great time to maybe think through kind of revitalizing our small groups. All right. We talk about revitalizing youth ministry, music ministry, the church at whole uh, or at large. What about our small group ministry? That's one of the critical areas of discipleship and growth, and also a very critical area for evangelism too. Uh, but when we think of goals in the new year and things we can do, uh, we often talk about having goals that are smart, right? We don't want dumb goals. We want smart goals. And by smart, because we're Baptist, we mean specific, measurable, attainable, results-focused, and time-sensitive. That's not unique to us. We didn't copyright that. Somebody else did. In, in or on Lifeway Research today, there's an article by Ken Brady, Brady, Broad-Eye, I don't know. But anyway, he has an article about 10 ways that we can kind of breathe a little new life into our small groups in this new year. And starting with number one, the goal maybe we could adopt for 2023 is to plant a new group by the start of summer which if you're in, if you're in Texas that's like tomorrow so, <laughs> yes. so Kyle, that's Kyle, right. you know small groups they need to reproduce right they they got to kind of yeah. shift uh with the the changes in your church and so forth so so why why do we need to think through planting a new group maybe by the start of the summer? Yeah, yeah well, Ken says in this article that on average, one new group will reach a total of 10 new people. Um, 
So if you want to, if you want your church to reach new people, and I think every every pastor who'd be listening to this, every church member who's listening to this, is going to say, yes, we want our church to reach new people. Um, planting a new group is a good way to do that. It's it's a somewhat simple way. Um, starting a new a, a new small group typically doesn't involve a whole lot of logistics. Um, and and I would say as well. Don't be afraid to think outside the box, right? So if you have ha- have a traditional Sunday school model, don't be afraid to start a small group <gasps> somewhere off-site. I know, somewhere maybe not on a Sunday morning. Um, don't don't be afraid to think outside the box a little bit on small groups, um, because here's the thing, you know, and, and church plants have have pretty much figured this out because they don't have the education space. But um, churches that don't have a lot of space for, for classrooms still typically have small groups, you know, where they meet in homes, in coffee shops, in pizza joint, they, they find a place to meet. So think outside the box and, and yeah, start something. Find, find uh, someone who's not currently leading a small group who is capable of that. It doesn't require a demon uh, to lead a small group, um, but someone that you can maybe train a little bit and coach and and don't be afraid to start something new and see what God does with it. All right. What's that line? If your church ceased to exist, would your community even notice? Is yeah. that the line? Something like that? Well, number two that, yes, that is. is to engage in quarterly community ministry projects. Right? A lot of times, even our small group, our church, everything is come here, right? Come here for small group, come here for a fellowship meal. Come here for a Christmas cantata. Come here for our church service. Sometimes we need to go over there. And so number two, consider quarterly community ministry projects. Because this is one of the ways that we can show the church in action. Most of the people in our community is not going to see the church in action because they're not going to be at the church on Sunday. But if we're out in the community, maybe planting trees at the area park, you might need to get permission before you just start digging holes in the ground. Uh, you know, painting benches or something like that, or or you know, giving away water at the local 5K, something like that. The way that you can serve is another thing you can try to do this year. And I want to add a new adage. You know, we've heard if you ain't crying, you are dying. Dying. Thank you for that awkward pause. Uh, I would like to say if you ain't trying, you're dying. You need to try some of these things. You know, give it a shot. Number three, schedule four fellowship events this year. And, you know, COVID, it's still a thing. uh, But we still have people that are a little shell-shocked from that and longing for some community, longing for some connection. Maybe people that have still been kind of on the fence. This is one of those great kind of bridge events that can maybe get people back in. Kyle, why would scheduling four fellowship events this year be a great idea? Other than the fact that we're Southern Baptists and that's what we do best. Yeah, that's right. For for fellowship, right? I mean, they even got the uh, uh, the alliteration going there. So, look, you're, you're, it's good for your class to get together outside of class uh, because typically, uh, particularly if you have a Sunday school model, um, folks are most likely not showing up exactly on time. So you're not getting started right at 9.30, 9.45. And then on Sunday mornings, there's always a definite end time, right? Because uh, if if you're not in the service, Bart's going to come hunting for you. 
to find out why your Sunday Art school class there on time. Let me, let me give you a little, <laughs> little but, uh, tip there. So, but, but that is a, um, I, I talked with a guy one time, I had a mentor who, who called Sunday school a sterile environment. And, and what he meant by that is it's typically a classroom setting. Um, you have a topic. It has a, a big starting point, an ending point. Now your your church needs your your group needs to get together outside of those times just to have a chance to fellowship. No real agenda other than get together, maybe bring some board games, just hang out, get to know one another outside of Sunday morning, and that's where really those deep relationships happen. And so four of them, man, that's great throughout the year. Um, and and Ken makes the point here: they don't have to be expensive. You don't have to go overboard. It can be as simply as meeting at somebody's house. Um, Going out to dinner doesn't have to, you don't have to overthink it. Just do something together. Yeah, number four, I believe, kind of goes with that first one: is enlist an apprentice leader in the first thirty days of the new year. If you're wanting to plant a new group uh, by the start of the summer, you're going to need some people in the pipeline ready to take that group on. And one of the best ways to do that is to have a an apprentice, and an, an, an apprentice, uh, mentee, whatever. Uh, that is. Did you try to, to combine the sorcerer and the apprentice? There is that what you did? Like that. I was, I was going to go with assistant. Was was the the word I was actually I think spitting out, but then I saw apprentice and everything just disappeared. But you know that that's one of the things that is helpful is you got somebody that's not going to be a calf at a new gate. Uh, they they see how it works. They know how what the expectations are. They've had some maybe some reps teaching. Uh, you've kind of walked them through the process. This is also a great way to disciple somebody one on one. You know, leader in kind of that Paul Timothy model. Uh, so that's another another thing to consider is to enlist an apprentice leader in the first thirty days of the new year. Right, get some traction right away. And then number five, Dr. Matt Queen. If you listen to this, when it goes live about 15 minutes in, you're going to hear the highest pitch, amen, ever, because Dr. Queen is going to In fact, to I, I will say, Dr. Queen, if you're listening, let Matt know, and he will buy you a cup of coffee or a soda or something. So here, like, did you ever put that in one of your papers? If you read this, I'll yeah. buy you a soda just to see if your professor or whoever or teacher read it. I did, there you I go. did put in my, my Jonah over coffee book on the copyright page. I said, you can copy whatever you want as long as you give me some coffee. Like, I don't care. <laughs> That's I don't, right. I'm not worried about this. But number yep. five is to teach every group member how to share the gospel, right? How Fantastic. to share the gospel. And I, I just shared a post just a moment ago of my daughter uh, that is using this bracelet that has the little arrow and the, the cross, the empty tomb, and, and another two arrows to share that he came, he died. He was buried and rose again, all of that. And she she's already been sharing that uh, at school. And so it doesn't take much. Does might not even take an entire class, uh, but maybe along the way throughout the year, uh, have some intentionality with getting to the gospel in your classes and how to share the gospel in your classes. And then number six, Kyle, we'll let you talk about this one. Send out at least 20% of the group members to serve in church ministries because groups should be clearing houses, not building storehouses, which is a money line from Ken Brady, Brady, Brady. Yeah. Why, why does that matter? Yeah. So, 
So a lot of times um, we, we, well, every church that I know has a lack of volunteers for any various ministries. And that's true, Matt, of churches of 20 people. And that's true of churches of 5,000 across the board. I've, I've talked with pastors, ministry leaders. They all say we we need more volunteers and we have a hard time finding them. Um, your small groups should be sending volunteers out. Now, if, if it's done well, you could do that on a rotating basis so that you're not you know, permanently giving up group members and saying, hey, you never get, we want you to go serve in this ministry so you never get to come back to our small group again. But, but you could do it to where you do a rotating basis, right? Um, but the, the, the point of a small group is not just to have these people who are indefinitely meeting together, but it's to build the church, right? To, to be an active part of the, of the church, building the ministry um, that, that God has for the local church. Yes, sir. Number seven, it's not just for Pastor Appreciation Month. Bless the pastor and staff with random acts of kindness kindness each month. Maybe every, every so often you just pass a card around and say, you know, write a, write a thank you note to the pastor. Then the next month, children's director, nursery, wor- nursery worker, right? Just go down the list of the different ministers or ministries that you have and, and just send a note. Maybe, like, don't forget the sound engineer. Right. We only notice him or her when the slide is, you know, just a second too late or, you know, there's feedback or the pastor's sound isn't on. And they're looking back at the awkward uh, sound guy or girl and and looking at them awkwardly when really it's the pastor that forgot to turn the mute off. But anyway, that's another topic for another day. Bless the pastor and staff with random acts of kindness each month. That gives you something to to kind of do together, to think together, to cook together. Maybe y'all come up with cookies or or whatever and, and bless them around, around the holidays or something like that. Number eight, going back to that community stuff and, and building those relationships is wear name tags weekly. Wear name tags weekly. Now, Kyle, I've been in this church for 60 years. Everybody, I, don't know. Everybody no. I can hear it yes. already. Uh, yes. But this one is so yep. simple. Right. It takes one trip to Staples, you know, 10 bucks and you're set for a year. Hello. My name is Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman. Right. Stick on name tags and every member is going to wear it. And that helps because you're trying to get new people. Yes. So in my current role at our church as the connections minister, um, as, as a person who's been here about 18 months or so here at the church, it's still hard to know people's names. Um, the larger church that we've been at, um, it, this anticipates new people, right? It anticipates new people coming into your doors who will not know everybody's name. So it doesn't matter if you've been there for 60 years and everybody in the church knows your name. The visitor doesn't. And this is a really, really good way to help make them comfortable and in, in knowing who they're speaking with. All right. Number nine. Of course, this is on LifeWay.com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> study from an ongoing Bible study series. Christian publishers, LifeWay, there's others, but LifeWay work hard to develop products like Explore the Bible, Bible Studies for Life, The Gospel Project, which I love. Uh, the U Curriculum, that's a new one. I haven't really checked that one out. Uh, but, you know, this, this also helps because you might have that overzealous guy that said, hey, I'd like to do a lesson on Revelations. All right, that's going to be fun. 
And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about those helicopters, you know, whatever. We're, we're going to get down in a rabbit hole we don't need to be in. So pick a study from an ongoing Bible study series. Uh, Kyle, give me your favorite. What's your favorite? My favorite man. Um, you use Lifeway stuff. I like the Gospel Project. Probably my favorite. It's, it's simple. It's called the Journey Series. It was done. Um, gosh, you put me on the spot. The, the pastor's name escapes me. He was out of Marietta, Oklahoma. Um, but it's just real simple. Had some questions walking through books of the Bible. That's probably my favorite um, small group Bible study material. Okay. Mine, I've already said it. It's a series taught by Jim Bob on Revelations with an S in <laughs> uh, the Gospel <laughs> Project. That's a close second. Number 10, adopt a kids group. I want to read this one because this one's really good. A great idea for adult groups is to adopt a kids ministry group. The adult group can provide substitute teacher support to the adults leading the kids group and send group members to teach the kids class once a month. So the teachers in the kids group can spend a Sunday morning reconnecting to a group of adults. And I, I read this and I was like, yes, thank you. Because how many of, of maybe our listeners that have served in kids ministry for a long time and then they, they end back up in, in big church one day and say, where have you been? Like, did you, did you move? You know, like they, they think they left the church. Because uh, they haven't seen them, but this is a great way uh, for the church to one get out of a silo uh, mentality, uh, but also really offer some some much needed kind of backup and support uh, for the kids ministry with some more bodies out there. Now, to do this, we're going to say what needs to be said. Obviously, you need to make sure you're doing the background checks and all of that kind of stuff that they're trained. Uh, and the abuse training and so forth and all of that. Like we're we're not saying just throw the random Sunday school member in the kids class or the nursery, uh, but you need to go through all the same steps that you normally would for volunteers. This is a great way for the church to be the church and uh, adults helping the kids and vice versa. It's, it's going to be a great way. Kyle, what's another benefit of this? Yeah. It, again, we talked about the volunteer issue, right? If you have each group that adopts a kids ministry or a youth ministry, it solves that problem. Um, it solves the, the, the volunteer issue. And again, this is a way that you're sending out people to serve in ministry so that you're not siloed into your small group, um, but you have different people getting to know kids, getting to know students, getting to know people across the church. And that will build the community of the church. All right, man. Well, pastor, church leader, Sunday school director, whoever it is that's listening to this, whether you're a small group leader or involved in small groups at all, uh, one, one takeaway, even if this isn't your cup of tea, is, is remember goals around SMART. SMART goals. We want some SMART goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, results-focused, and time-sensitive. Notice that each of these things that, that Ken outlined in this, this episode or that we're sharing, you know, plant a new group, one new group, by the start of the summer. So you've got a deadline, you've got an amount, and it's an attainable amount. Uh, you know, quarterly community ministry projects, four fellowship events this year, right? All of that kind of stuff uh, are all attainable. They're time sensitive, all of that kind of stuff that we want in a SMART goal. So keep that in mind as you're setting goals, whatever goals may be, and you may have, and what you might add to the list of what how you are going to revitalize your Sunday school or small group or home group or D group or whatever cell group you want to call it. Kyle, send us out. 
Hey, thanks for listening. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare, even in your small groups. What's wrong with you people?